Welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. My name is Ryan Hanley. I'm your host as always, and I am joined by another special guest today, Dr. Billy Williams. And um, Billy, I had, the first time we spoke on the phone was maybe a month ago. Um, We had never connected before that time, which actually, once we got on the phone, was incredibly surprising to me. Um, But it was such a pleasure. Our first conversation, we connected on so many levels. I'm just, I'm very happy to have you on the show, man. Well, thank you. I'm honored to be here. Always honored to help out insurance agents. And, you know, this industry has provided me more blessings than what I deserve. Of course, we always have more blessings than what we deserve, right? But this industry has, has, in particular, provided me so many blessings. And I always look forward to giving back. You know, I think that is the level in which we connect the most uh, because I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I live a lifestyle today that I could have never imagined for myself. Literally, my wife and I talk about this all the time. And uh, it is solely because of how wonderful uh, this industry is. Not to not to go too high level too early, but um, it really is a special place and a special group of people that work within it. And and um, you know, it, it is a blessing for, for with absolutely no doubt. Absolutely, absolutely. So for those who may not be familiar with you, um, I'm just going to read your LinkedIn here thing because as much as I don't usually like to read an intro for people, I think this is. Very well done. It goes, it is worth reading. So, um, uh, Billy is the president of Inspire a Nation Business Mentoring, an insurance agent and small business owner mentoring company that mentors thousands of insurance agencies and small businesses annually from the best tools, processes, and workflows to grow their enterprise. And that, you know, I, I think, you know, and then you go on to say you can double and triple their current production. But the part that I have always found interesting about your work, especially since I became aware of it and have really started to dig into what you do, you finish by saying, while cutting their marketing budget by up to 40%. So that part of it is super, super interesting to me. Um, so, so let's dive into this. You come into an agency and you're going to do mentoring with them or coaching or, or partner with them. You know, what are the first things that that you dig your hands into when you get into an agency and you walk in those doors? Like, where do you get your hands dirty first? Well, first, it's always technology. Technology tells the story, automation and technology. So the first thing I do is I have this checklist that I use called an automation technology checklist. So I'll come in and I'll look at their AMS or look at their management system. I'll look at what it can do, what it can't do, why it can do it. I'll look at what it's supposed to do, and I'll look at what the staff is supposed to do. And then that'll tell me a lot about the culture of the agency. Because a lot of agencies, they, they don't understand what their culture is supposed to be. You know, we, we have one job in insurance. Let's just keep it simple, okay? We have one job in insurance, to offer the coverage that will best protect our customers' quality of life should a claim occur. That's our job. And everything else that we do, all the, you know, I'm going to save you money and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do all all that stuff is secondary. It's periphery to offer the coverage that will best protect our customers' quality of life should a claim occur. But we can't offer them coverage if we don't have notes on what they need, if we don't know anything about their, their situation, if we're not communicating with them through email, through text message, through our landing pages, through whatever. So we can't do our job 
if the automation isn't supporting the job that we're supposed to do or if our staff doesn't even understand what their primary role is. You think your job is to take a payment. No, your job is not to take a payment. Your job is to extend the contract. So, so when we take a payment, what we're doing is we're extending the insurance contract. Well, what's the insurance contract? It's a promise that we're going to be there at their worst times. So why wouldn't everything that we do since taking a payment extends that contract, why wouldn't we do our job and go, hey, you've got this problem, you've got this weakness, you've got this issue, you've got this concern, and if we don't address it, man, if you have a claim, you're really going to get caught short here. Does, does that make sense, Ryan? No, it makes complete sense. Okay. And, uh, and I, I really technology first. That's why I always check technology first. I don't take their word. I don't trust what the agent is telling me. I don't trust what the staff is telling me because if I can't support it through the use of your technology, then it's, it's all propaganda. So what would you say to the agencies that, that would push back and say, you know, Billy, we, we, that process that you would like to do, we're doing that, but we're not, you know, we're doing it in a different way. We have a paper management system. We have a, a set of file folders that we use that do that same thing. So we don't need to use that piece of our agency management system. I, well, me, tell them, I, I tell them personally, you know what? You're feeding me a line of bull hockey because I don't trust that your self-discipline of you and your staff are so awesome. It's so awesome that you're never going to forget something. You're never going to make a mistake. And here's what I've learned. When it comes to insurance agencies, easy and convenient trumps effective every time. Okay. So while the agency may think or the agency owner or leadership may think that this is happening, the staff has figured out a way to make it easy and convenient. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's effective for the customer. So, you know, agency management system, first of all, I just wrote that down. I love easy and convenient Trump effective. Um, so, okay. So agency management systems get a really hard rap. Um, when I talk to a lot of agency, but more, more times it's the, the, the staff level, the producers, the, the customer service reps. Um, we, we love to bang on agency management systems and, and not that I'm, um, not uh, you know in the agency management uh, council or anything. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that they're perfect by any way, shape, or mean. But I do feel like we, as a industry, have what is a what is in general. You know, there's a bunch of options, but for the most part, all of them can do pretty much the same things. Yet we use. I read a stat the other day that actually the amount of agency management systems that we're using is actually decreasing. Like when I first got in the industry, we only used 15 percent of the of our agency management. Now it's like we only use like 10% of them. So how, how do you start to change that culture so that uh, the people in that system actually believe that system can help their, help them do their job better? Right. Well, the first thing is the re the reason why our usage, our total usage is going down is not because of the fact that we're, we're clicking less buttons, but there are more buttons to click. So because these agency management companies are thinking that the real problem is, oh, no, we don't have enough buttons. We're going to add more tabs and more buttons and more this and more that. And the staff is like, I'm only going to use these five. I don't care how many you add. <laughs> you know, that's how it is. So the first thing you have to understand about the agency management system is what is the main purpose? What's the purpose of the agency management system? And let's break it down because, again, I'm not very smart. You know, I have a Ph.D. And what that tells me is that I'm dumb as a rock. The Every level of education just reminds me of how dumb I really am. So that, that's kind of how it goes. So 
what we have to do is break it down to what's the purpose of it. Well, the purpose of the agency management system was to replace spreadsheets. Okay, let's go back to the basics. The whole purpose was to replace spreadsheets. So that means what do we what do we want to do on a spreadsheet? One, I want to put contact information. I want to be able to run a report and retrieve that contact information. And then I want to take that contact information or notes or whatever. And I want to be able to communicate with either another system or communicate with my customers. That's pretty much it when we talk about an agency management system. So if the agency management system will not allow me to put good notes, will not allow me to put records that make sense, then it's a bad agency management system. If that system will not allow me to run audits and reports on the information that I have in there, and if I'm able to put a piece of information, I should be able to run a report on that piece of information. So if my system will not allow me to do that, it's a crap system. I've seen systems that won't allow you to pull birthdays. They won't allow you to pull uh, other occupants. I mean, th those are horrible systems. If I can put the information in the system, I should be able to pull it out of the system. Because if it was on a spreadsheet, I'd be able to do it. You know what I mean? You, you yeah. follow? So yeah, yeah. Right. So then once I have that information, I want to be able to communicate. I want to either be able to communicate with another system or communicate with a person. So that's why your email templates are so important. That's why your text messaging is so important. You know, all those particular things. So if my system, when I, whenever someone tells me they have a crappy system, the first thing I ask is, what are you using the system for? What's your purpose? Oh, I want to be able to go in and, and pull a commission statement on, on every producer. Okay, show me in the system where you put that information into the system. Oh, I don't know where to put that information in, but I should be able to pull a report. <laughs> okay, well, that doesn't make sense. You know, trash in, trash out. So, and, and, but, but what I tell agents from the beginning is think of your agency management system like a spreadsheet. What would you, what would you do with the spreadsheet? And if your agency management system won't allow you to do that, then it's not a good system for you. Yeah. And the good thing is today there are plenty of options to, to meet whatever your needs are. So, yeah, I, I don't think – I think some of the barriers to switching have come down at least a little bit. That They used to – you know, I, we discussed change age management systems in uh, my wife's uh, agency's office back when I was working there. And um, the rep for the other management system that, that we were thinking about moving to came in. And at the end of the process, we were actually fairly close to making the move. And, um, he basically said, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. These are going to be the three worst months of your insurance life. <laughs> and that wasn't what ultimately made us not make the move, but that was just such a, um, God, a, a shocking thing for, for someone to say. And, uh, I, I, I have a feeling that that has come down a little, or at least I've heard that's come down a little though. Yeah, though still not very easy. More of these management systems now are dealing with Ivan's better. You know, Ivan's is kind of the storehouse for all of our information. So they're dealing with it better. Also, one of the things that really made a big difference was the consolidation of the industry. Vista Equity came in and pretty much bought everything. You know what I mean? They bought all the major companies, the major players. And so because of that, they're under one kind of management platform. And that in and of itself is consolidating a lot of things and making things a little bit more efficient and a little bit more effective. But at the end of the day, I'm telling you, I, a lot of the things that these people are spending six, seven hundred bucks for to have an agency management system when they can't even manage a spreadsheet 
is a waste of time and energy for that particular agency at this particular time. And there have been agencies that I told them, cut your management system off. We're going to go back to a spreadsheet until you guys know the basics of managing information. And then we'll turn back on your agency management. Yeah. It's a tool, not a necessity. It's a, it's a tool. And if the tool is something you need, it's a, it's a tool you should have. But if you can't use the tool, if you don't know how to swing a hammer, what good is having a hammer? Right. So, um, so okay, let's, let's get off agency management system. I, I, that's just always such an interesting topic, and it's, it's something that really is a day-to-day. Um, it's of day-to-day interest to, to many of the people listening to the show. So, um, so one of the things that, that we talked a little bit about, too, and, um, and I get questions about all the time, is what are some of the processes uh, or tasks or, or what have you in an agency that can be outsourced to third-party vendors, right? I, there's there's two schools of thought, right? Bring everything in or outsource as much as you possibly can, or I'm sure there's stuff in the middle too, but um, kind of where do you sit in that? And and maybe the same way we, we address the agency management question, how do you attack this problem as an agency owner or agency leadership? Um, you know, should you be hiring? Should you be staffing up to do these things? Or is finding third-party vendors to manage some processes uh, the best way to go? Well, um, this is going to be kind of a, a roundabout answer before I get to the main part, but I have to lay the foundation. Okay. There are four types of disciplines that it takes to run an agency. There's self-discipline, accountability, automation, and then outsourcing. Those are the four foundational types of disciplines that it takes to run an agency, an effective agency. So going back to your question, what should you outsource? You should outsource something that you don't have the self-discipline to do. You should outsource something that you don't have the accountability to do. You should outsource something that you don't have the automation and technology to do. So either get the self-discipline, which is almost impossible to do because self-discipline is based on our emotion, you know, and I can say I'm going to have the self-discipline today, but let me get in an argument with my wife or my dog, poop on my carpet or my kids do something. And now all of a sudden that self-discipline goes out the door because it's all attached to my emotion. Then there's accountability. Well, if I've had an agency for 15 years and I've never had my I've never held my staff accountable. Why is the day the day? Why is the day today? I'm suddenly going to become Mr. Accountability. OK, doesn't work that way or Mrs. Accountability. Automation and technology. So if I'm disciplined enough to bring in the technology and use it, then by all means. So I always tell agents, let's look at what you won't do or what you won't hold accountable or what you won't automate. And those are the things that we have to outsource. You know, let's keep it real, real simple. So some of the things, the major piece that I tell businesses that they need to outsource is marketing. Anything dealing with marketing. I tell them, you know what, if you didn't, if you're 15 years old and you haven't marketed you're not suddenly going to market. So let's get marketing going. And that may mean uh, going outside to some of, the, some of the warm transfer companies, or that may mean hiring a telemarketing company, or that may mean hiring a mailing company and, and using some type of fulfillment house to, to do your mailings or something like that. But it's real simple when we talk about what you should outsource. You should outsource what you don't have the self-discipline to do, what you won't hold people accountable for doing, or what you won't bring the automation into your office to do. God, that is the best answer to that question I have ever heard. Um, I yeah, a hundred percent. So, so what are so you said marketing? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, that's uh, an area I spend a lot of time thinking about, and 
I, again, there's, there's two schools of thought on this and, and you said, um, it makes sense to outsource marketing. A big mistake that I have seen a lot of agencies make is hiring the 22 year old nephew or niece who's just out of college, but knows the internet as their marketing person or, you know, and then, and then that fails miserably, no insurance background, just because you've used the internet before does not mean you understand the first thing about marketing. Um, is there a place for the internal marketer? So let's say the agency principal is not marketing minded, which is, which is completely fine. Right. Uh, but knows it's important, believes it and is ready to make a move outsource first and then consider bringing inside or just build outsource or like, because I've seen agencies go insourced, but they hire the right person and do really, really well. They hire someone who's been in the business for a little while, who has some expertise, they can bring them in house and really take things to the next level. It, if, but that, uh, you know, which is more tricky outsourcing or finding the right person to hire more effective. Remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. easy and convenient Trump effective every time. And so it may be easier and more convenient for you to hire the 22 year old because they're right there. You know, neither one of you know what the hell you're doing. So, but, <laughs> you know, they're there. Yeah, so, yeah. so always tell folks, if you really don't know how to hold someone else accountable, like I don't know local SEO. So therefore I can't tell you if you're doing it wrong or right. You know what I mean? So if I can't hold you accountable, why do I need you sitting here being accountable to me? So those are the folks that I tell to outsource. And, you know, there's so many great companies out here. There's, there's, there's Moz, you know, M-O-Z.com. That, that, that's who we use pretty much with all of our agents. Us too, actually, yeah. yeah I love Moz. Yep. And so they're out there. But, I mean, you, you've got uh, uh, the old, um, uh, was it Yandex? Well, it used to be the old Yellow Pages. And, you know, now they call themselves something else and all that. Yex, Y-E-X-T. Right, right, yext. So they, they've got some stuff that you can do out there as well. But for an agent, when we talk about marketing, you know, let's talk about the tiers that you really need to take on first. T I not tiers as in you're crying, but tiers as in levels, okay? Tiers E uh T E A R S if you don't do it, right? Right, right. But T I E R S if you do it right. Number one, first and foremost, has to be your local SEO. Okay, it is the foundation of everything is your local SEO. 90% of the prospects are going to find you on the Internet or they're going to research you on the Internet. So even if you were referred, my cousin referred me to you, that person is still going to go out on the Internet and find out who you are, find out what you're about, find out what your agency is about. And that's all local SEO. So that's always the very first thing we talk about whenever I'm investing in an agency or mentoring an agency is let's get your local SEO up first. And that's free. As you well know, Ryan, local SEO is free. It doesn't have to cost your arm and a leg. It's a matter of what is your website? Is it indexed properly? Do you have the right keywords and key phrases, especially long tail key phrases? And I think you're going to ask me about this a little later, but since we're on this topic, guys, if you're still spending a bunch of money to buy auto insurance as your keyword, you're wasting money. Okay. You're wasting money because the, the, the big companies have already bought those keywords and they're already, they're already using them all day long where your power is, is in how are people searching now? People are searching now through their mobile devices. They're searching through their cell phones and they're using sentences. They're saying a local insurance agent near me 
or who has the best price for insurance in my area? Well, guess what? Those companies aren't buying those long tail phrases like that. So those are the best way that you can index your, your website, your landing pages, your YouTube videos is by putting those long term or long tail key phrases out there of what people are searching for. Okay. And you know, Billy, that is actually what you just said is one of my BS triggers for a marketing vendor. If they come in and they pitch you on home insurance, auto insurance, these top tier level, talking about volume, you are going to pay through the nose and lose every time on those. That's a, that's a huge BS meter thing for me. Yes, because that's the difference between local search and organic search. Organic search, you're competing against all the big boys out there, you know, the, the state farms and the all states. And these people are paying millions and millions and millions of hundreds of millions of dollars to have you know, to be optimized for these keywords. But the local guy, the, you know, the local agent down the street, you're not going to compete with that. But you can own your own market just because you know the right keywords to use. So I'm going to give you two sites. I'm going to give you two programs, guys, that you, you can use. One is called AskThePeople.com. Okay. Ask. Oh, excuse me. Answer the public. I apologize. It's, it's www.AnswerThePublic.com. And what they'll do is they'll give you a whole big, long, like, I think we pulled like 900 or something different sentences that people are searching for related to your topic. So if you put in auto insurance, it'll tell you these, these are the search phrases that people are using for this topic. Guys, jump all over this because I'm going to tell you right now, this is one of those loopholes that Google and Bing and all those guys haven't really filled yet. But as soon as they figure out how to, how to fill that gap and charge you for that, this is going to go away. Okay. <laughs> this has got to go away. So answerthepublic.com is one of them. And the other one, I was just looking at it, is it's a .io. Do you know what I'm talking about, Ryan? Hold on one second. Um, is that uh, ubersuggests.io? Well, another one. That's pretty good, too. But no, let me look at this one specifically that I was looking for here. And I know we're on a podcast, so I don't want to take up too much time. But I that's definitely okay. Want- it's my podcast, Billy. We can take as much time as we want. All right, I like that. I like that. <laughs> I actually am kind of pissed that you said answerthepublic.com because that's like my sneaky that was my sneaky site there and you just you just released it. So you guys just all got my backdoor sneaky site from from Billy. You just gave my secret away. Here's the thing. Oh, oh, and the site that I'm looking it's called keywordtool.io. Gotcha. Okay. keywordtool.io. That's the other one that we use. Here's the thing, Ryan. And you you know this. We can sit here and talk to 10,000 agents and tell them what they need to do. And only maybe 50 will actually do something. Okay. 10,000 will know, but only 50 will do. That's That's why why I still have a job, man. Right. That's why I'm never, me too. That's why I'm never afraid to share stuff. People ask me all the time, Billy, you do these biweekly webinars and you, you put out these videos and you do this and you, and you're giving away all this information, you know, and, but yet people still come to you and pay you and pay your company to mentor them, even though you gave them the information for free. Why? I said, because there's a big difference between knowing and doing. They may know it all day long. And in fact, the more they know, the more paralysis by analysis they get a lot of times. So they come to us and they pay me and they pay you and they pay our companies to come in and you know what, cut through all the clutter and just do it for me. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, because we're, it's more effective for us to do it anyway. We're experts at it. 
Same thing with you. You're an expert at it. So it's more effective for you to do it than for them to sit up and take a year to do something you could do in a week. You know, one one question I have for you, and I know this is slightly off topic, but I'm just interested in your, um, you mentioned before, if an, like you learned local SEO, if the agency principal or the leadership, I'll just say leadership, if the leadership isn't, doesn't know local SEO or, or has never educated themselves on that topic and they hire somebody, then they, they can't necessarily hold them accountable for it because they don't know what to hold them accountable for. How does that work with a third party vendor? Because I know I get a lot of, um, I get a lot of questions around this as well. Like, how do I know if my local marketing guy is doing a good job for me? How do I know if this website vendor is doing a good job for me? Like, what, is there any advice that you can give to them on those topics? Because I do think it's something that hits a lot of people's brain is they, they're, they're okay going outsourcing. They're okay investing the money. I think everyone's just a little nervous around who do they trust? Like, how do you know? You know, do you get what the question I'm asking you? I do. I do. Okay. And this, this is how I explain this. First thing is don't confuse popularity with profitability. Okay. So if they're selling you on the number of visits to your website or they're selling you on the number of, of things that are measurable to them, but not money to you, you're wasting your money. Okay. You're wasting your money. Second thing is you should have a mentoring team around you to help advise you. And that doesn't necessarily need to be me, someone that you pay, but you should be a part of a networking group or part of a mastermind or part of something that says, guys, this is what we do and this is what we track and this is what we what we know is successful. A lot of agents are out here on this island. And so they'll come to me and they'll come to you and they have no experience, no understanding. They, they really don't know what to check or how to check. And they'll come to us and they just finally get this breath of fresh air because we actually know what to look at. We know what to do. We know what to measure. But guess what? You're going to pay me and I'm OK with that. But you could also build your own network of masterminds or build your own network of mentors that you can go to that are already doing it successfully and they can help guide you on what's good or bad. So long story short, you can you can pick a reputable company like a Moz.com. I mean, you use them. I use them. You know, I know how to check them. So if I'm part of if I'm part of your mentoring team, I know what what they're going to do and what they should bring to the table as far as results. But if you don't have that and you don't have that, then uh, that knowledge, then you need to go out and find other agents that are doing it successfully and get in their pocket. You know what I'm saying? Get in their ear and let them help guide you. Does that make sense? Ryan? Hello? Ryan, I, I uh, I'm, I'm here. Sorry, guys. I, uh. I muted myself because I'm in a, a co-working space today and people are walking on the floor above me. So um, I couldn't agree with what you just said more, that you have to surround yourself with other agents. And uh, and it's funny how these, how these groups form. I, I'm an enormous advocate for conferences. I think uh, conferences, it, it, and again, it, through the filter of it has to be the right fit for you and there are definitely conferences that are held for no other reason than to be held, which I think is a, a negative. But if you can find the right fit, this is actually why we started Elevate. And I, I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to be self-promotional, though. Again, it is my podcast, so I guess I can do this. But the whole crux of Elevate was not about us. And it, to be completely honest with everyone listening, we lost $25,000, which is an enormous amount of money for a conference. But we lost money on Elevate and we were completely okay with that because the purpose of it was to bring thought leaders and agents and consultants and carriers and mash them all together 
and see what the heck came out, right? Because the only way that people would get to know each other is by being in this place and bumping into each other. And, and you can do that online too, by, through a mastermind or, or whatever. And those are all great ways. But I, I could not agree with you more. Uh, s- staying on an island, not engaging with the larger insurance community is a fail. It just is. That, that even if you have a couple close friends in the industry, they're not your competitors. They're your mastermind friends who are going to help you do better. There's so much business out there that, you know, I've run into agents who are like, oh, you know, why would I want to go to these things? Um, they're, they're, you know, why would I want my competition to know what's working for me? And I'm like, dude, there's so much business out there for us. It's impossible that if they know what you're doing and you're both doing it well, that they could take all your business from you. Like, this is not going to happen. You're both just going to get bigger. And, uh, and so I just, I just, I had to hammer that home. I just, I could not agree with you more that we have to group, um, and we have to come together and share ideas. You know, I'm going to kind of jump in on a different, same, same topic, but a different way of expressing it. My dad used to tell me all the time, and my dad's my hero. I mean, he's, he's passed on now, but he was my hero. Okay. And he used to tell me all the time, never date an, an insecure woman. Okay. And I didn't understand why he would say that. But he would explain and say, you know, because an insecure woman will always twist the situation to match their insecurities. And this is the same thing. I have daughters, guys, so I'm not being sexist here. And I tell my daughters the exact same thing. Don't date an insecure man because an insecure man will twist the situation to match their insecurities. And it's the same thing with agencies. A lot of agencies won't go to these um they won't go to forums. They won't go to any kind of uh, they won't they, they won't mix with anyone because they're afraid that that person is going to spot their insecurity. So if I don't know technology, I won't go to learn technology because I'm insecure about technology. If I don't know marketing, I won't go learn marketing because I'm insecure. I'd rather stay in my own little world where no one can really question who I am or what I am or the core of what I am than go out and expose the fact that I just don't know this stuff. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. Right. So for you guys that are out here that you have these insecurities, be careful, guys, because you're twisting, and guys and gals, you're twisting the environment to match your insecurities. It's the same thing when I go into an agency, and I can always tell the, the type of leadership by looking at the automation and looking at the processes. So if you're the kind of leader that you're you're very accountable and you're very self-disciplined and you've got all this, guess what? Your processes and your automation are going to reflect that. But if you're the kind of leader that you're never in the agency because you got a million problems, personal problems, you know, so you're never in the agency. You trust Carol to do everything or Bob to do everything, and you you just turn it all over to them and you walk away, and then you come in and fuss at them when you don't get the results that you want. I can tell that in your technology. I can tell that in your processes. So when that phone rings, is there a go-to process? Does Carol do it the same way? Does Bob do it the same way? Is that their go-to thing, or do they just wing it every time? And I've seen agencies that are 30 years old, and people are just winging it every time. And again, like I said earlier, easy and convenient will always trump effective. So I'll go in and say, guys, why are you doing it this way as opposed to this way? This is better for the customer. This is better for the agency. Yeah, but this is easier. And that's what I get. Billy, I I literally could talk to you all day about this stuff. Like I'm so geeked out. 
And I may even actually ask you to come back in a couple months because I have like 40 more questions. But I want to be respectful of our audience. I want to be respectful of you and your time. And uh, and we've, we've kind of hit, I think, what would be a perfect pin for a follow-up interview maybe in a couple months if I can convince you to come back on the show. I'm always here to support. No problem. I uh, Guys, uh, Billy's going to be at Elevate. He's going to be a speaker. Um, I, I just, I, I am so happy to indoctrinate you and your thought process in whatever way I can to this community. Anybody who doesn't already know you, uh, please engage, uh, with Billy and his content and the things that he's doing in the marketplace. This is, this is, he's, he's tackling the topics in what I feel to be a very pragmatic and realistic way, uh, in a very honest way. And I think, um, not that there, I don't want to, uh, say that there are a lot of charlatans in our, in our, in our industry, but there are, I don't know if everyone is willing to be so upfront, but do it in a way that is respectful. And, uh, and I love that about your work, man. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show. Where can people learn more about you and uh, what you're doing and, um, and, and connect with you? Okay, well, go to our website at www.inspireanation.org. And for those of you first-timers, you're going to inspire a nation. That doesn't sound like a consulting firm. That's because we're not a consulting firm, guys. We're a mentoring company. That's why we say inspire a nation. So just go to www.inspireanation.org. We've got a lot of free resources out there, free videos, interviews. Like what's one of our most popular is a lot of people don't know how to interview. So they hire wrong because they interview wrong. And so we've got a free uh, interview out there that you can do. I think we've got two of them where we actually do the interview and you can, you can copy off that. But just go check out our website, www.inspireanation.org. And, you know, you can always hit me up on LinkedIn or Facebook. You'll see same thing, inspirenation.org. And we're always available to help, always available and always willing to uh, to be a part of anything we can do to be your be a part of your success team. So, yeah, we definitely. Ah, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Guys, check out episode 95. I'll have all the links. Billy, thank you so much, man. Yeah.